0: Um fuck y'all.
1: We're not starting that way. <laughs> what are, what are we doing here?
0: Fuck y'all, fuck everything. No, no,
1: we're not doing like how what <laughs> just do the intro normally. Stop being weird. <laughs> <You> know, <assholes>. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I hate you, sons of bitches. Um, uh, welcome to reality rewind. This week we'll be talking about uh one of the most iconic. Black institutions located in New York, uh, specifically in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Apollo. Everybody who's anybody has played the Apollo. Yes. Even some white people.
1: Corn. yes. Corn did, did I think it was a
0: live album. Play the Metallica. Apollo.
1: But I've always had questions on whether and Slade Singer was white or whether he was like Pete Wentz. Pete was his name? The no, he's biracial. Yeah. I love when y'all discover that every year. He's not biracial. He is. <laughs> he is. Slash is biracial. Slash from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I Rose, know that. Which Guns N' Roses also played well, a role. No, I know that. I, yeah. Which Pete Wentz is biracial. And I love when y'all niggas discover that every okay, year. Okay, but what is he mixed with? He's black and white. Oh, I, yes, he is. I love when you niggas discover this every <laughs> single year. It is fucking fantastic when y'all discover this. Pete Wentz
0: is not black and white. He
1: is. <laughs> Oh my
0: gosh!
1: Is Pete Wentz a nigger? Are we no, we're not. Let's talk about what we're talking about because I'm so mad at that Google search, I can't even deal. Google was mad too because <laughs> Google only gave me one R.
0: I'm sorry, one G, but she gave me that hard E R though. Mm-mm. He's like, uh, we're gonna stop right there. No, he's not. He is. He's not. Okay. He is. I guess. These are his parents. She's black. That lady is she's not. She's half black, but she's black. So he's a quarter black. Listen, this he's is... quadracial.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! I'm not doing this with you. What? I feel cool. Anyway, a fourth is a quarter. Let's continue. I still don't believe this. Let me see. Oh my God! All right, it doesn't matter. Let's continue. Uh, but yeah, it's uh.
0: The Apollo Theater. Um, <laughs> this documentary was actually very, very much so um, intriguing and done extremely well. It was. It uses um Ta-Nehisi Coates, a reading of ta Coates happening in the Apollo Theater, in the actual Apollo Theater as essentially a background. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps to create um, a coinciding narrative to the history of the Apollo and this moment happening mm-hmm. in the Apollo. Yeah. Um, a lot of niggas came through. A lot of niggas. A lot of abusive niggas came oh, through.
1: Oh, God. I...
0: Ray Charles might have been blind, but he was known to hit a bitch where he could connect.
1: Oh. This is what James
0: Brown was, too. Let's
1: be honest. This is what we're doing on the Today of Things. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. That is a, a thing. That is true. Um, His mother's name is
0: Dale. He is not black.
1: Oh my God, he is. Dale Wentz. Just let this go.
0: <laughs> His mother's name is Dale. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Apollo. A black person who hasn't played the Apollo apparently. Pete Let's
1: continue <laughs> through Did this. Did exact- the Apollo? I'm sure she did. Actually, yes, I remember her performing on Showtime with Thea Paula. Oh, she did! Yes, I do remember this happening.
0: She did!
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: was right before she got casted for Thea. Yeah. Like a couple of years before. Yeah. Damn, I forgot about that.
1: Everybody I also really often forget about Thea, and then I get really excited when I remember Thea, and I was like, oh, but she's terrible. And it's like, I have all these convicted, convicted feelings about Thea. Here's the
0: thing. Was Thea the one that was
1: terrible? Well, I'm not talking about what she did to Brandy. I'm talking about everybody else. Oh, fair. <laughs>
0: I mean, Brandy, yes, Brandy was a teenager. However, she
1: was a child. Theo was still terrible for it, but it's also like how much of that was know. based on Sonya as well. There it is. Um, but anyway. And Brandy let's,
0: being the angel of
1: death. Oh, I'm not doing this every episode. So we start, we kind of go through the history of the Apollo and it, you know, and what it it meant to the community as a whole. And, you know, they talked to a lot of people who spent their time, like their lives in the Apollo. They, there was one of the first things that stood out to me when they were talking about, oh, there was an interview with um, Ella Fitzgerald. And she was oh, yeah. talking about her time at the Apollo and how she originally went there to dance. And at eleven. Yeah, at 11. She went there to dance, and there was these other girls that got on before her, and they, like, danced the house down. So she was like, nope, can't dance, because I (laughs) was better than them.
0: She said, oh, bitch, I need a plan, dude.
1: And so she gets on stage, and they try to get her to dance, and she's like, nope, because originally that's what they did. For the most part, everybody just kind of danced there. And she's like, no, I'm not going to dance. They said, what are you going to do? And then she started singing. What was it? Oh, Julie?
0: Judy. Judy. Yeah.
1: It's a song called Judy. And that's the first time anybody heard little Ella Fitzgerald singing.
0: Well, she also forgot the words. She did. She started scatting. That's the first time we
1: heard scatting and
0: all those things. It definitely, like, it definitely broke many an artist. I don't know if they mentioned it or not, but I remember, I think it was Stephanie Mills was... She was a contestant, much like everybody else mm-hmm. on um, Showtime at the Apollo. And I think she won for like a month straight. Yeah. Like, And she was also like 10. And
1: 11. But then on the other side, Lauren Hill went there.
0: They read that Bishop
1: When she was like, what, 12, 13, something like that, <laughs> and got booed off the stage. They said, but then, boo, you're
0: a slut. And you're embarrassing your children. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside joke y'all
1: they do not say that to 11 year old lauren here he is ignorant that is what just happened also you hear wild shit in grocery stores it's <laughs> walking through new york grocery stores you hear very wild <coughs> things, and that's all i'm gonna that say really on that but um but then what was the thing about the Lauren Hill story is like she got booed off only to then go back a few years later as like a, a guest performer yeah. with the Fugees. So it it's, the Apollos played like a lot of different roles in different people. And they also, you know, we, they spent a lot of time talking about the tree stump, right? You know, the tree stump that everybody comes out and rubs for yeah. good luck. So the thing about the tree stump is that it's a replica of a tree stump that used to sit across from the Paramount Theater in Manhattan. Because all the performers would go out and sit, it's like certain streets in Manhattan have those like mediums Mm -hmm. with the trees. And all the performers would go and they would kind of sit in that medium across from the theater kind of performing all day hoping that the owner would come out and pick them to perform that night. Yeah. Usually the ones that were standing on the tree stump because they were the highest would get get picked. So then it became like the good luck tree stump. So they replicated it and put it in the Apollo, which is how the tradition of you know, kind of rubbing the tree stump before you go out, kind of became a thing.
0: Lauren Hill should be standing on that tree stump oh, that no. night.
1: <laughs> oh no, because
0: no, no. <laughs> they let that poor baby have it.
1: And I didn't even think she sounds that bad. She didn't. Also, she was but like she 10. was like ten, so it's she like sounds. You niggas are hateful. Yeah, that. So the boo.
0: That's the one thing about like, um, like growing up and watching Showtime at the Apollo. I think it came on CBS when I was a kid um growing up and watching that that was always the like most uncomfortable thing the most cringeworthy thing like yes you know this person is horrible Like, don't applaud, but you don't have to boo these things. Like, these things would literally hit one note, and all of a sudden, you just hear this wave of, you're a whore! (laughs) Like, get off the fucking stage, you slut, you're embarrassing your children. Like, these things would just be
1: screaming. So, they started doing Amateur Night every Wednesday, and the whole point of Amateur Night was to give the power to the audience, right? And for the better or, is or worse. trash,
0: because niggas is garbage. For
1: better or worse, and they very much—it was this, this lady, one lady who was at the in seat one oh eight. Eva. Eva, in seat one oh eight, and night. she had been there every night for about twenty five years. Like, it's, Mama said, "I'm going to the Apollo." Thank you, <laughs> husband.
0: Husband died the day before. She's like, mm, "I still gotta go to." The going tonight. to the
1: Apollo tonight. Like yeah,
0: we know we're gonna
1: have fun. Yeah. yeah. So she says, you better do it right the first time because you don't get a second time. So come out singing your best or get booed. And I'm like, but why the boo is so hateful? It's like, <laughs> it yes, really is. Everybody wants to boo somebody off stage at some point. But it just feels so, because they be booing kids. Like It just they feels boo, so rude. They boo
0: small. Children, <laughs> like they break small children. Simon Cow, Simon Cow is a punk ass pussy compared to yeah, the Apollo he could crowd.
1: Never, Simon Cow could only could aspire to be as ruthless as the crowd
0: at the Apollo. I'm telling you, these niggas are rude.
1: You're yeah, trash. Your mother should have aborted you. Oh my like the shit that they scream. Oh, it, also, <laughs> it also was a particularly funny clip. They also, also talked that about. Is. Yes, things that you said because they talk about how Apollo kind of gave access not just to the people who wanted to be in music, but to like everyday people who may have wanted to live out their little fantasy. Yeah, and they the get, delusion, and they get to this man who was singing music, soul, shout love so off key, like my nigga couldn't find a key. If it slapped him with it and let him in the dough. he couldn't. Man, he was flatter yes. than pilgrim shoes trying to sing. This damn song, and they're like, "Sir, sir, okay, thank you, sir, thank you." And he turns and looks at them like, "How dare all in How dare you interrupt my solo?" (laughs) It's like, "Wait, but you (laughs) sucked."
0: But we did get her name is Bianca Graham, a woman wonderful voice, Mm -hmm. and she talks about um, her first time trying to get up to Harlem to audition. Um, She came up from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, she just lost a friend to gun violence with police, state-sanctioned violence. We're going to call it mm-hmm. that because that's what it is.
1: Because that's exactly what it is. Um,
0: she just lost her friend to state-sanctioned violence. Her bus broke down once she got up to Philly, and by the time she got to Harlem, they weren't seeing anybody, so she came up and she auditioned again. And when I tell you this woman, this young lady has an amazing
1: voice. A fantastic voice. And
0: of course... Niggas, niggas do what niggas do and they get up and they give her a round of applause. Mm-hmm. Now, if they would have booed her, because sometimes they boo good acts. They do. Because they're just like, we just don't like you. you it's like, like, we like just him. don't
1: like the way you look or yes. whatever. It's, they do boo really good acts sometimes. Yes, It's rare. Mm-hmm. Don't get me
0: wrong, it's rare. And just because they're booing people, I don't think we should be booing people, but it doesn't mean you don't deserve it. There's a difference.
1: Um, I I I also don't necessarily think we should be booing people just because it's like eh, they got up there and tried.
0: Yeah. But, but I want to be entertained though. I want to be I, entertained.
1: As someone who has booed someone, I do find it to be quite fun. <sighs> oh my God, take
0: you. I'd be the one that's up there like, boo, take you and your hemorrhoid to get off the stage, bitch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. I know know that's why you walked it that way Mm -mm. so yeah it was a lot of time spent on the Amherst Night but then you also talk about how you know a lot of the big name acts didn't want to come there so only the black ones would and James Brown performed there over 200 times and Mm -hmm. you know Etta James came there and performed and um, Eartha Kitt and then you had you know Strange Fruit was debuted there Yeah because none of the white clubs would let her perform it. And it's a lot of musical history was made in the theater. And then, you know, as you go and you're making, you know, you're making all this history and stuff, then the neighborhood starts to change. And yeah. the neighborhood starts to deteriorate. And with that, because, you know, they always book the big show, uh. This is a part that I hated because it was like we booked the big shows on the day the welfare checks came out because people had the extra money, and I hated it because it was a very white man saying this, and yeah, it just felt so predatory to me. I would have hated it regardless of the race of the person saying it. Let me make that clear because it felt predatory.
0: No, it was it was exploitative. Yeah, it was.
1: So I did hate that part of it, but it's like you know you're as it's going and the neighborhood is changing other theaters are open that are way bigger
0: you know keep in mind too that the neighborhood the neighborhood really starts to change in 64 with the harlem harlem riots yes um and they talk about how uh there was a circle of people that had surrounded a building essentially protecting it
1: protecting the apollo so Um, that it was never
0: labeled as being black owned Mm -hmm. um, so that they weren't burned destroyed or looted but you know after a riot like white flight happens yep and they fucked harlem up white flight happened neighborhood starts to change Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of a classic story it's
1: like the neighborhood started to change and then
0: especially for bible Belt, not bible Mm -hmm. Belt.
1: what is it rust belt the Rust belt yeah and then it's, you, you, the Apollo is, what, a 8,600-seat mm-hmm. venue. Like, it's not a small venue, but it's not a huge one either. Sorry, I'm having a real time with my allergies. That's why I'm all stuffy right now.
0: You're embarrassing your children.
1: Possibly, but I breathe and embarrass them, niggas, whatever.
0: <laughs> okay. So
1: but, um, so, it's a small, you know, it's not a huge theater. It's only 8,600 seats. So, as... Harlem is kind of downsliding. I don't want to say deteriorating because I've always loved Harlem. I, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not going to say deteriorating, but as it is, you know, the income levels are changing, the businesses are leaving. It's, it's on a downslide. Yes. So as that's happening, you have other performance venues popping up all across the city that are much larger than the Apollo. Mm -hmm. So now they're having a hard time booking shows because the industry outgrew them.
0: Yep.
1: So then the theater starts to fall into disrepair.
0: Like, and it was, it was sickeningly sad disrepair. Yeah. Like it was dilapidated, essentially dilapidated.
1: It, It was, and then eventually it closes. Yeah. Closed. And the neighborhood got together to bring it back. Which I don't remember what year it reopened. Let me look right quick.
0: It should have been marked long time ago as a uh, the building, entire building should have been marked as a landmark. And why it never was is ridiculous and astounding to me. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it is now as of November 17, 1983. Wait, what is? The Apollo. Oh, it's a historic building.
0: Yeah. It took a lot of time, though. It did. Yeah, we're talking like early 1900s. Like they were saying that the, I think the sketches. For was you it opened in 1913. Like, okay, that's about the time that they, that they really had started designing it. Mm-hmm. And trying to actually like build something that was worth. The look. Um, they also, it was interesting too seeing Paul McCartney join his white ass to the table. Yes. Because it closed in it 1976.
1: Damn. And then it re. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, it, that's when it closed. Because it was you know, a bunch of this robbery, an 18-year-old kid was shot there, and that's what made it close in 76. Yikes. And then it reopened. It, like, reopened in 77 because two, um, they did a, some people came and did a two television specials with their group as a way to help restore it, and they had, like, Asher and Simpson, Cab Calloway, Labelle, Stephanie Mills—they all came and did a two-time performance to raise money to reopen it. Work, Stephanie.
0: Work, Labelle.
1: And then in '83, it was bought by InterCity Broadcasting. Okay. And that's Who when it, it now? became. Uh, hold on. That's when it became a federal and city landmark in '83, and then in '91, the state of New York bought it and they created the nonprofit Apollo Theater Foundation to run it.
0: Yeah, to help create sustainability with theater. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, um, he was saying that with that business model, it's less likely for the space to be successful. Yep. Um, So there were definitely adjustments made that ended up paying off for the most part
1: in the end. Yeah, because then they, you know, I know this isn't going to be a very long episode because it's about the Apollo Theater. You yeah. Know? We just wanted to do something like, you know, now granted this is going to come out July 1st, but we just ended Black Music Month and the Apollo Theater is such a huge landmark in mm-hmm. Black culture and Black American cultures, especially. And like, you know, when you think about any really any monumental black thing it kind of happens at the apollo theater like Mm -hmm. i can i was out there when aretha franklin died and they had all the the music going and you know they're playing all her music and everything else Mm -hmm. but it's like my lit my oldest, her first introduction Real introduction to the Apollo Theater was like Bruno Mars standing on top of the marquee saying that
0: 24 karat gold. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was her first major introduction. Now she wants to go there all the time. She likes to go up just to look at the names on the sidewalk outside,
0: it's like her favorite thing oh. to do. You know, I will say the acts over time that have gone and played through there have been some of the most influential. Not just in aspects of black activism, but in aspects of black media entertainment, mm-hmm. um, it was the place where Motown truly, like, truly broke. Yeah. Um, like we said earlier, James Brown, Luther Vandross. I don't remember if it was Fat Luther, or Skinny Luther, but one, I think one or both. both. I think both, actually. That nigga and him, that nigga and that
1: nigga were there at some point. Was Mar- Mariah Carey was there. I'm sure she was there. Mariah Carey's been through there. Destiny's have... Child's been through there. And then Beyonce by herself. But, like, this place was so important that James Brown's funeral was on the stage. Yeah. Like, they took his, his, his gold, gold casket. casket through Harlem and walked him into the theater. His gold
0: casket and his white wife.
1: Mm. And walked him into the theater and had a fully open casket funeral for him in the Apollo Theater.
0: Yeah, because if you niggas didn't see the body, you'd think he was still with Tupac.
1: Will we though? Because I don't know. James Brown lived a wild life. Can you call that living? I feel like he lived a wild life. I think like him and Rick James lived the most wild lives possible. Fair. Like, I don't. I can't imagine a world in which they didn't live extremely wild lives. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but like I remember when Michael Jackson passed away and you know
0: Yeah, because that was actually, I think, the last place that he played.
1: I'm pretty sure the so. Apollo was the last place that he played. I think so. And he um I actually came to New York for to live here the first time. Mm-hmm. Right after that happened. And, you know, the Michael Jackson tributes lasted like three years. <laughs> like, it was, they were, it was so many. So I remember like going past the Apollo and like it still had his name on the marquee and like, you know, all their homemade fan art was out there and they were like me just playing the music at random. And
0: mm-hmm. so, so it's, cool.
1: yeah. But same with Aretha Franklin. Like, it was the same thing. And it's just, I think that, yes, we're not doing a very long episode because, you know, whatever. But I do think that everyone should watch this documentary because I think a lot of people don't understand just how important and impactful Mm -hmm. the Apollo Theater was. It was more than just Showtime at the Apollo, you know, for the time that that show ran. Yep. But... I really, because it was like Black people's American bandstand, you know?
0: Exactly, like, that's exactly what it was. I
1: don't think people truly, truly understand just how important and influential. And now you have even podcasts, like podcasts being filmed there and mm-hmm. having live shows there because it's such an important place to Black people. Like, I want to do a, a live recording there at some point or another. I, I'd want to do a one-man show. Oh no, I don't want to get up there by myself. I do with somebody.
0: The illusion of one man. Yes. Bring another nigga in and let me stand on the shoulders.
1: What? All right. On that note, I think that <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, It's been a day. Yeah. That's another reason why this ain't gonna be a long one. But um, yeah, I do think that. And then all like you're watching this whole progression and the history of the Apollo on the with the background of Atala Coates novel, yeah, which gives it even a different perspective because they show clips of like Richard Pryor doing jokes about police brutality and cut to Chris Rock in 1997 mm-hmm. also doing jokes about police brutality on the same stage, and then it's like you they show. There's, like, all these different cuts and all these different culture-moving yes. events that happen on that stage. And I do think it's important to watch it just to get a real understanding of the type of history that's been made at the Apollo Theater.
0: It's definitely a um, historical, slightly made, like, feel-better movie. Yeah. It's uplifting, it's empowering, um, and it's very well done.
1: Yeah, and it's not super long, which is why that's another reason why this just isn't going to be a long episode. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not a super long thing to watch either.
0: Yeah, it's like an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Right? Yeah,
1: something like that.
0: Um, I would say if you have the time, definitely go ahead and make that move and have one over to the H, the B, the O, all caps, Max. <laughs> okay. All right. Good night, y'all. Bye, y'all. Oh, my God. I am so hot.